Hello, and welcome back to a new season of Crime Candy. I'm your host, Anonymous, and let's get started with a really strange but kind of interesting episode of an affair that it doesn't end how you think it would. But nevertheless, let's get started. It's a brand new year. It started out as a chance encounter in an online chat. In May 2005, Thomas Montgomery entered a teen chat room under the username Marine Sniper. He said he was an 18-year-old Marine preparing for deployment to Iraq. He chatted with a few people before a message appeared from Tall Hot Blonde. And that is blonde without an E. Tall, hot, blonde revealed her name was Jessie, a softball-playing high school senior from West Virginia. She began messaging Montgomery, and their flirtation soon turned into a romance. She even sent him pictures that lived up to her screen name. In return, Montgomery sent her a picture from Marine Boot Camp. Behind his macho username was the real Thomas Montgomery, who was actually a 46-year-old man. He was a machinist at a local factory and a Sunday school teacher in upstate New York. Montgomery and his wife, Sydney, had two daughters. From the outside, they had a nice life and a solid marriage. But just wait, it gets even weirder. I mean, a 46-year-old, or excuse me, however old he was, yeah, 46-year-old talking to an 18 year old is disgusting but it gets much weirder than that so strap in folks when montgomery was online in the teen section of a gaming chat room he thought it would be inappropriate to engage in a conversation with a high schooler which in hindsight is disturbing therefore he assumed the fake identity posing as tammy and using his marine portrait from 30 years earlier he didn't know that um <laughs> Tall Hot Blonde was fake too. Just like Montgomery's fake identity, Tall Hot Blonde, aka Jessie, was not who she claimed to be. Behind the promiscuous green name was a 45 year old homemaker, Mary Shiler. Sh- Sheeler? Shiler? I'm sorry if that is not right, but that's how I'm thinking it's said. It's even worse. She was using her daughter's photos as her own. She posed as her daughter, Jessie, without her knowledge and used her photos to make her story believable. She was unaware that Tommy was doing the same thing. Mary seemed like the perfect mom, the one who loved and spoiled her daughter. They did everything together because Jessie was her only daughter and it seemed like she wanted the best for her. However, she was bored with her life, so she started using Jessie's identity online. Which just makes that catfishing version sound even worse. Montgomery and Mary struck up an intense online affair using their fake identities. Mary would send suggestive photos of her daughter and even sent Montgomery special packages with love notes and pairs of lace underwear. Montgomery never thought he would meet her, so he played along and accepted her advances. Their conversation started as sexual fantasies, but they began to form a deeper connection. Over the months, they talked about love and even marriage. 
They hung on each other's words and anxiously waited for the message notifications each day. In their minds, Montgomery and Mary felt like teenagers again. As their conversations intensified, Montgomery said his time online said his time online talking to Jesse was like a drug. He was so bored with his life that talking to her because the mo- became the most important part of his day. He barely wanted to be away from the screen. When Montgomery wasn't at work, he was glued to his messages. Although he had a family to take care of, pretending to be Tommy seemed more important. At some point, his life as Tommy became more real to him than his real life. The more time Montgomery spent talking to Jesse, the less he cared about his actual wife. He even wrote a note to himself saying, On January 2nd, 2005, Tom Montgomery, 46 years old, ceases to exist and is replaced by an 18-year-old battle-scarred Marine. Which is very weird and creepy. In the note, he said this new 18-year-old resembled a redhead Harrison Ford and had a $2.5 million in the bank. Ha, um, which makes no sense because he did not have $2.5 million, so where is he going to get this money at? Montgomery started telling Jesse tales of combat based on things he saw in the news. He barely knew what was real and what was made up. Because he was spending so much time on the computer, Montgomery's wife, Sydney, Cindy, sorry, became suspicious. Unfortunately for Montgomery, Cindy found one of the special packages from Jesse. She was furious, as she should be, as rightfully so, so she sent Jesse a message. Cindy wrote, do not trust words on a computer. Let this go. You will only be hurt by a man who has mastered the art of manipulations and lies. Sincerely, Cindy Montgomery. She also added a description of who the real Tom Montgomery was. When Mary received Cindy's letter and photos, she was sent to f- she was upset to find out he was also lying. Never mind the fact that she's lying, but I mean, it's even worse that he's lying as well. However, she wasn't going to reveal her identity, so she sent a message to Montgomery, ending things, and wrote that he should be in jail. Mary was far from innocent in this situation by using her daughter's pictures, but she didn't want Montgomery to know that. While this and well, this would have been the perfect time to let the fantasy end and close the chat room, she couldn't let it go. So, she became angry at Montgomery for lying, so she searched his friend list and found, this is so sad, 22-year-old Brian Barrett. Not that he was on there, that she decided to be petty and bring a third wheel into the mix. He was one of Montgomery's co-workers and friends. Mary used her identity as Jesse to flirt with Barrett, whom she goaded into humiliating Montgomery at work and online. Barrett thought Jesse was a real person and they began a romance of her own. They started talking in the same chat room that Montgomery had used. It enraged Montgomery when he found out. Barrett used a scream named Beefcake and he helped Jesse get over her heart, get her heartache over Montgomery. It seemed like she found a better fit with him because he was kind and caring. Barrett was described as a nice guy with a good heart. Before long, Jessie started sending Barrett the same photos she had once shared with Montgomery. She didn't send gifts as she had in her former romance. 
Before long, Jessie started sending Barrett the same photos she had once shared with Montgomery. She didn't send him gifts as she had in her former romance. She knew she was playing with fire, but Mary liked the attention she got as Jessie from Barrett. Mary started communicating with Montgomery again to tell him she wasn't over Tommy. It seemed that neither one of them was ready to let their fantasy romance go, so they started communicating every day again. However, he was angry that Baird talked to her. As Jessie, Mary continued to talk with both Barrett and Montgomery simultaneously. It sent Montgomery into a downward spiral. He was so jealous and possessive of a person he had never met in real life. Montgomery told Jesse that he would make Barrett pay in blood. The final straw came while Montgomery was at work. He overheard Barrett telling their co-workers how he was going to drive to West Virginia to see Jesse and pop her cherry. Montgomery fumed with anger at the thought of Barrett taking his girl. Even though he has never met this girl in real life, it's just goes... I don't understand how these people really occupy themselves. It's so weird. There is no way Montgomery was going to let Barrett get away with what he said. The two had been close friends, but they were not enemies. He started making threats against Barrett and Jesse. Montgomery told Jesse that she had turned his heart ice cold. Despite the threats, Mary continued to play Barrett against Montgomery. She was egging him on because she didn't realize what Montgomery was capable of. However, she should have been more careful because Montgomery flew into a jealous rage. On September 15, 2006, Montgomery drove to the factory to meet Barrett after his shift. As Barrett got into his truck, Montgomery shot him three times, killing him. His body was found two days later when a co-worker spotted his vehicle in an isolated part of the parking lot. It didn't take long for the police to connect the crime to Montgomery. They quickly learned from his co-workers about the online relationship with Jesse and went through his computer to find hundreds of messages. They also saw the threats to Barrett. The police sent officers to Jesse's home in Oak Hill, West Virginia to ensure she was safe. When they arrived, Mary answered the door and the police asked where her daughter was. She scooted around the question for a few minutes before breaking down. Mary told the police that her daughter never communicated with either of the men. It was her the whole time. She said she used racy pictures of her daughter to seduce the men and have cyber sex with them under Jesse's name without her daughter's knowledge. She even admitted taking photos of Jesse in secret and in a video she managed to film up her daughter's skirt. Mary wasn't definitely wasn't winning Mother of the Year award, but the police were only there to make sure her daughter was in danger. Once police found Montgomery, who had fled after he shot Barrett, they arrested him and charged him with second-degree murder. There was enough evidence against him for a conviction, and Montgomery admitted to killing Barrett in the parking lot where they worked. Montgomery told the judge he intentionally went there to kill Barrett and used his rifle to shoot him through the window of his pickup truck. Montgomery's lawyers urged him to take a plea deal instead of going through a trial, which could turn out worse. Montgomery would have faced more severe charges had he not taken a plea deal. He was sentenced to 20 years in jail. Barrett's parents, Barrett's, excuse me, parents weren't in court during the trial, and they consented to the deal after being assured Montgomery would be behind bars for at least two decades. 
He was initially charged with second-degree murder, but would have served less time. Barrett's parents were hoping for more, but they were glad the judge didn't prolong the trial and give Montgomery more rights than their son had. It was a horrible feeling. Barrett's was only 22 at the time of his death. death. The judge said, This is a total senseless killing. This young man had been cut off in the prime of his life for no reason. Barrett's parents didn't understand how such evil could exist in this world. Before the sentencing, Barrett's father had read a letter written by one of Barrett's teachers. It stated that Barrett had an infectious smile. He was a leader and dedicated student who wanted to become a teacher someday because he loved working with children. Although he had already entered a guilty plea, guilty plea deal, Montgomery tried to withdraw and take the case to trial. He believed he would get a more lenient sentence, and he claimed he was coerced into taking the deal. However, the judge rightly so denied his request. The judge said he had a full understanding of the consequences. Montgomery first informed his attorney, John Nucherino, of his desire to take back that deal shortly after he entered it. Unfortunately, there was no turning back because he committed the crime. After the plea hearing, Montgomery was placed in a special observation unit at a holding facility because of concerns for his mental health. As soon as he got access to pen and paper again, he wrote a petition for to file for a new lawyer. Montgomery thought he had an automatic right to do so in his mind. However, his lawyer said Montgomery's request was a reflection of his lack of knowledge about the basic concepts of the plea. He started to regret his actions and tried to find a way out. After his request, Montgomery's first attorney, John Malloy, was relieved of his duties. When Neutrino stepped in, he realized Montgomery was an inexperienced defendant. It had already been char it had already been changed once, so why couldn't it be changed again? Unfortunately, this isn't how the legal system works, which he should have known. Montgomery swore under oath at the sentencing that he understood the plea and the possible sentence. He never indicated he was confused. Neutrino said Malloy pressured Montgomery into the plea because the case would be a tough to win at trial. Montgomery's two teenage daughters had been prepared to testify at trial. They were with their father at the time of the murder. Neutrino said Montgomery was stressed by that his daughter's words would be picked apart on the stand, so he didn't want to go to trial. The pressure he felt made him take the original agreement. His children were ready to lie under oath for him. But he never had the courtesy to protect them while he was still sitting behind his computer messaging someone he thought was years younger than him. Another reason why Montgomery might have changed his mind about the plea deal is because a key piece of evidence was discovered. Investigators found a peach pit at the crime scene, not far from Barrett's body. They believed it belonged to the killer. Though Montgomery refused to give DNA sample, he made a mistake. He asked for a soda during an interview and left the can behind when he was finished. Investigators had enough saliva to get a sample. His DNA matched that found on the peach pit. Deputy District Attorney Frank Sedita disputed the idea that Montgomery didn't understand what he was doing because he had spent a whole weekend with his lawyer discussing it. Sedita saw through Montgomery, stating the motion and affidavit were full of lies. Sedita said he had prosecuted more vicious people in his career, but Montgomery was more manipulative than all of them. The evidence of this was in the transcripts from his conversations with Jesse. 
He tried to persuade her several times and it was almost predatory. Sadita believed Montgomery tried to withdraw his guilty pleas because Barrett's family had filed a wrongful death suit against him in the lawsuit. Neutrino disputed that Montgomery wasn't aware of the lawsuit then. Mary would have been the prosecutor's key witness if the trial had proceeded. However, Montgomery thought he was stand a better chance now that she might be reluctant to testify because Baird's family was also suing her for her involvement. Neutrino had plans to appeal the sentence within the week of the hearing. He claimed Montgomery was a family man, former Marine, and a law-abiding citizen. Montgomery sought psychiatric treatment for his depression and the chat rooms only added to his fragile mind. His lawyer truly believed Montgomery's mental state could have played a part in the murder, which could have gotten him a lesser sentence. Unfortunately, he was not able to appeal because of the agreement and the clear evidence that he knowingly committed the crime, which, while he is far from a victim in the situation, Montgomery went through a divorce and was placed on suicide watch several times following his arrest. We can't blame his wife for wanting to end their marriage, considering all he put her through. His attorney said, unfortunately, the internet can put us in a world where fantasy and reality are blurred. It's easy to share your feelings with someone you never have to meet. It wasn't a healthy situation for Montgomery or anyone else involved. Although Mary didn't pull the trigger, her role in the tragedy was just as bad. According to Rex Berber, a clinical psychologist and attorney, who, what Mary did when she found out Montgomery's true identity was kind of homicide in his eyes because she broke the fantasy. Montgomery was so deep into their made-up relationship, so Mary killed any hope he had to save himself by cutting it off. From Baber's psychological perspective, she engaged in harmer cyber homicide. The tragedy was almost inevitable when their illusion ended. After Mary told the police she posed as her daughter, it didn't take long for Jesse to find out as well. She felt so violated by what her mother had done. Jesse couldn't believe Mary would use her pictures and took pictures of her to send to a stranger online. A mother is supposed to love and protect you from these situations. So Jesse was angry. She stopped speaking to her mother, Mary, immediately. No one would be able to look at her their mom the same way after finding out this information. While you would think that Mary would do anything to get back in her good daughter's good graces, she showed little remorse for her actions. She never even bothered to apologize to Jesse for violating her privacy. Mary's husband also filed for divorce. During Mary's divorce hearings, she approached Jesse saying, Why don't you get over this? She clearly didn't understand how much she hurt her daughter and family. In a twisted way, Mary thought she was doing something good. She seems like an incredibly disturbed woman. Besides the wrongful death lawsuit, Mary has not been charged in regards to the murder. Prosecutors in New York, where Montgomery and Barrett lived, looked for a way to charge for something. Unfortunately, she technically didn't do anything illegal. Mary crossed the moral and ethical line, but you can't prosecute someone for that. She knew about Montgomery's threats to Baird and didn't try to stop him. One prosecutor said, though, Mary provoked Montgomery to kill, but they couldn't arrest her. The only punishment Mary received for was losing her family. It seems like she didn't care much about them in the first place because she didn't try to apologize. She has defended herself by saying she was just playing having, playing games online. Mary was not sorry for Barrett's death.
At one point, Mary said she felt like she was doing Montgomery a favor. She claimed to be afraid that he would talk to real teenagers if he ever stopped talking to her. In reality, it looks like she was bored with her life and enjoyed the attention. If there is one thing we learn about Mary from this story, it's there's it's that she's shameless. After the event, she pursued an education, taking classes at a community college in West Virginia. She did an interview about the deadly love triangle for a profit. She also had plans to write a book about the dangers of the internet. This is pretty interesting coming from a woman who has used her own child as bait to talk to young men online. Mary has a very warped sense of reality. The irony in this case is that the people behind Tall Hot Blonde and Marine Sniper are an equally well-matched pair. Montgomery and Mary were both lucky both lonely people in their mid-40s with their best days behind them. They both turned to the internet to find companionship. The two created identities to recapture the glory of their youth. Montgomery and Mary might have been the perfect couple if they had met in real life. Maybe they can have a true connection when he gets out of jail in another couple years. Mary initially prepared to testify at Montgomery's trial. The prosecutors had thousands of pages of transcripts of conversation between Montgomery and Mary that were not hidden, which had been quite shocking to hear in court. District Attorney Frank Clark said the trial would have been an interesting one. He stated, We deal with facts and reality. Here you have a cyberspace love triangle. It all exists online. The only thing that was real was the murder. After everything that happened, Barrett's family started petitioning and act laws to protect others from people like Mary. Sadly, there is no clear indication of what the law would, what a law like that would state. It is unlikely that a new law could fix a social problem. Unfortunately, it seems that more people have to get killed before lawmakers see this as a real problem. A situation like this could happen to anyone. While free speech is one thing, Using it as a drug or weapon requires laws so that people can be punished. And I hope you guys found this case as interesting and weird as I did. Um, I can't wait to record this new season with you guys. Let me know if, uh, if you want to, if you guys think I should do any other type of uh, new episode or anything, let me know. And like I said, you guys have a great new year.